Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. GGY. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide, the ARC. It was designed to bridge the gap between high-end sound quality and the world of digital music. This ultra-compact system provides high-resolution USB audio and high-quality APTX Bluetooth audio for an astonishingly detailed sound. Fully integrated with the latest of Class D amplifier technologies, the ARC experience, immense sound. All you need is a setup of speakers and the ARC done. Let's get into it right now with more here on our big program. Hour number. This is Chris Markowski, your watchdog on Wall Street, and this is your watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. I want to break down what's happening, the OPEC meetings. Um, there's a lot of confusion out there right now. Uh, people are kind of shocked by the fact that um, th- there hasn't been any adjustment in regards to output by the OPEC nations. OPEC's not even acting as a cartel at this point in time. Uh, the Saudis, the most powerful ones there, uh, they have a very low production cost for their oil. It's somewhere around $10, $15 a barrel. Now, it's obviously much lower than the production costs that we have here in the United States, especially with some of those new fines. So what they're doing right now is they're trying to basically solidify their position and put other players out of business. They're able to do it. They're able to do it because of their low production costs. So oil's down for the foreseeable future. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. We've got Donald Mazzella, Dan Perkins with us today. Of course, our uh, regular Tuesday panel here for iHeartRadio as well. And uh, also hour number three of our big broadcast. And uh, let's do this. We haven't been on in a couple weeks due to my due to my cold that I, that I got and uh, some other things that have been going on. I want to have Dan kick off this first segment. Where do you want to go with this, Mr. Perkins? you got to go with Trump today. Yes. Go Trump today. <laughs> yeah. Trump mania has been sweeping the streets, Danny boy. <laughs> I have I have been trying to get I I tried to call uh, there's a, a show in New York City called uh, on WABC radio that runs from 10 to noon with Mark Simone. He's an old-time radio guy. Yes. And uh he, he was talking about he was trying to find people, virtually trying to find people to call in to talk to him about that were uh, opposed to what Mr. Trump was saying. And um, he couldn't find anybody. Everybody was calling in was saying, so I called in and they said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to talk about Trump. Are you for or against it? He said, I'm, I said, I'm for Trump. He says, well, I can't take your call because I'm desperately trying to find somebody who's against it. So it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting situation. So I want to talk with that. Well, Don, what, why, why, do you, why do you think, Don, people are for Trump? He's saying, it's, it's not, he's saying what a lot of people think about, uh, uh, think and feel. Uh, whether they're right or wrong is totally uh, immaterial. This is how they feel right now. But what uh, and, uh, Mr. Trump is, is writing across the public opinion. I think uh, what he's really done, uh, and he's clever, and Dan wants to talk about it. Yes, definitely. One, one thing that... Uh, what he's successfully done is uh, stepped up on the news. The fact is that he's losing in Iowa um, for the first time. He's behind in the polls. And it's the start of what I think will be the slow descent of Donald Trump. Um, he went on MSNBC and, uh, in fact, was cut off. But that's what I want to say. Now, Dan, you got the floor. Dan, jump in there, my friend. Let me start off by saying that, that, again, the American mainstream media has misrepresented and misquoted what Trump said. I, I watched his speech, and what he's basically saying is I think it would be a good idea that if we had a moratorium for maybe 90 days of not allowing any Muslims into the United States until we fix the problem of vetting. Now, 
I want to take that one step further because he said, and I agree, they have no idea what they're doing. Most people, Jim, do not know that the Democratic representative from Massachusetts outside of Boston who sits on the Homeland Security Committee had the Inspector General of Homeland Security do an audit. What they found when they compared the terrorist watch list to the employees in the, in the TSA, the people at the airport, there were 75 people who were on the terrorist watch list who were working in security at American airports. They went to eight airports with guns and knives, and 95% of the time, they got through. So one has to question, one has to question the vetting process of hiring people who are responsible to take care of our security, how reliable it is. And if it can't be that reliable that they've got 75 watch list people working in TSA security, one has to question whether or not the, the government has the ability to vet tens of thousands of Syrians coming into the United States. What most Americans don't understand is that the vetting process, as, as defined by, um, uh, by what the government is doing, is they search the, the computer systems to try and find out if they can identify this person. And what they require or what they need more than anything else is cooperation from the country from where they're leaving. Well, we have no relationship with Syria, so we can get no data from the Syrian database. We have to depend upon Interpol, Interpol to try and vet the people that we're bringing into the United States. What Trump is saying, it doesn't work. It's broken. It's not working. Every time we bring more Muslims into the country who are terrorists, we put ourselves at risk. And he says, let's, let's take a look at it. Let's stop for a while and see if we can't figure out a better system. Now, to his credit, Roosevelt in the Second World War stopped immigration, and we as a nation stopped immigration from 1924 to 1960, where we had the period of assimilation to get foreign nationals to assimilate into the American culture. These people that are coming in, we have no idea whether they're good guys or bad guys, whether they're coming from Iran or whether they're coming through the southern border. And so what Trump is saying is there's chaos here. We better just stop and figure out what's the best plan to make sure that we're as safe as possible. So where this is where I'm going to disagree with Don. Another poll came out today. That the poll that had had um, uh, Ted Cruz ahead of Trump was from Monmouth College in New Jersey. There was another poll that came out today that shows that Trump is ahead in Iowa. Number two. CNN was caught actually lying on the air about Trump's appearance in South Carolina. They reported that Trump was booed off the stage by the Black Lives Matter people. And when that proved to be false, when it was, I watched the speech, and there was, there was, there was a protest there, but there was no Trump getting off the stage. So what, I, what I'm saying to you is that he has caught the American mainstream media in so much prejudice. For example, this morning on Good Morning America, he was being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos about his, his uh, immigration policy. And he said, isn't that like Hitler? And Trump's response was, no, it's like Roosevelt, the antithesis of, of Hitler. Yes, the, 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 the Roosevelt line, I, I loved that. Yeah, and so that, that the media, the media, you know, where Don Trump, the old guy, and the old media, 
those guys are are trying to figure. They've lost power. They've lost influence, and he's caught them so many times that. I mean, you you listen to this discussion about what he said last night, and and everybody in the mainstream media, and some of the Republican leaders were saying this is absolutely terrible, and it's and it's and it's it's uh, it, it's 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 abhorrent to us. And what he was saying was, hey, we have no idea who's coming in this country. We have no really vetting process that's working. Why don't we pause for 90 days? and see if we can figure out a better plan. The press reported it, that he was against all Muslim immigration. And so when the people understood what he had to say, guess what? It makes logical sense. If you have no clue who's coming here, it makes it a good idea to maybe to figure it out and make sure you've got processes in place because it hasn't worked so far. That's my rant. Well, Don, your thoughts. Okay. Uh, I won't rant, but I will say... Uh, <laughs> a you can rant if you want, Mazella. <laughs> but um, uh, a majority of the employees in, in Homeland Security um, have no faith in their leaders, and they have a, a favorable rating of 36%, according to the, um, a Homeland Security study of, of, of its... Uh, we have a lot of problems with Homeland Security, uh, and uh, b besides the ones that you mentioned, Dan, and I think that's one of the areas that's going to need a real overhaul in the next presidential election. That's uh, the, what is it? 47% uh, of the American public has had a contact with Homeland Security in the last 12 months, and in that time. The, the favorable rating has gone down simply because of the way Homeland Security operates. Um, well, so the, we got a the, problem. The, place, the place where most Americans run into Homeland Security is the transportation security at the airport. Yeah. That's where they run into Homeland. And, um, you know, it's, 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 there is, there, there is no, I, I travel. I don't know whether I travel as much as you do, Don, or Jim, but, but I travel, and sometimes I get a pre-check, sometimes I don't get a pre-check. Sometimes they want your belts on and your pockets emptied and your shoes off, and others say, no, just go ahead. doesn't seem to be any consistency in Homeland Security. What I'm concerned about and what Trump is concerned about, which I think is valid, did you see the, the picture on today's Wall Street Journal on the front page? Is the camera shot of the two killers that came in? Yes. And she, she came in under a passport. Now they're saying that uh, uh, several weeks before they went on their rampage, $28,000 mysteriously appeared in their bank accounts, which is not possible based on what he was earning. And then they were talking about um, that perhaps she was, in fact, more radicalized than he was. And so it's, if, if we, don't, we don't know who's here, and until we can get our handle on who's here, we can't be secure, and we have to stop the the ability of people. There were people arrested in arrested in Guatemala trying to get into the United States with fake passports just last weekend. So there are Syrians still trying Syrians still trying to get in here illegally, and the vetting process for those that are that are refugees out of Syria. Um, what what people don't understand. If you look at what's happening to Europe, the disintegration of Europe as a nation, as a series of nations, we are not that far away from them. And what's go they're becoming overpowering. I was talking to some people last night. The magnitude of 10,000 to 15,000 a day coming into Central and Western Europe, this, the countries cannot handle the physical magnitude of so many people coming in. And I said in a presentation yesterday that I think that what's going to happen is that not only is the European Union going to disappear, but the culture and the history and the heritage of France and Germany and Spain and Italy and Portugal and Switzerland and England is going to disappear, and it's going to become Muslim. They're losing their identity. And we have, we have 
the potential, if we don't do something about this, of losing our identity, too, in the United States. You're absolutely right, uh, Dan. You're absolutely right on that point. I wish I could disagree with you, but I, but I can't. And I, I keep telling people, the book to read is Tacitus on the Disintegration of Rome. Uh, he was a Roman historian, uh, writing in the second uh, beginning of the second century A.D., and he, he, he points out everything that we're seeing happening here today happened in the Roman Empire, and, and including, by the way, the uh, barbarians at the gate. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, uh, Islamic people are barbarians, but they, uh, they do not have the same culture. And Dan, you are absolutely right on this point. And the more I look yeah. at it, the more I re read it, uh, the more I've been frightened I become. And, and I, I, I look at it and I listen to what the mainstream media is saying. I hear what, um, what, what Trump is saying. And as you started out the program, he is basically saying what the American people have thought but has been intimidated, intimidated to not speak their mind because of political correctness. That neighbor, the neighbor next door to that couple, who saw those men coming in with boxes after boxes after boxes, she never said anything to the police. And when she was interviewed, when she was interviewed, she said, well, why didn't you? And she said, well, I didn't want to do anything that might hurt his reputation. Right. We have, Absolutely. We have a saying here... We have a saying here in New York City, when you get on a bus or a subway or a, or a taxi, when you get in and the doors open and close, it says, if you see something, say something. The greatest opportunity we have to provide for America's security is to engage in Americans in just looking around to see what's going on. Much like we made, that's much like we did in the Second World War when you were around, but I wasn't, uh, Don, um, that uh, we had people we had people watching. And um, we're going to have to go back to some of those things. We have to engage the American people in understanding what the hell is going on in our country. And um, we have a president who spoke on Sunday night who said abs absolutely nothing new. And Democrats and Republicans and liberal media went after the president in the ineptness of what he had to say. It would have been better if he had not said anything than what he said on Sunday. The, 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 the results of Sunday's uh, speech were, if anything, worse. Uh, I read a column that said he once again said what he wouldn't do, but he didn't say what he would do. And that's right. that's been uh, that's been his uh, a mantra from the beginning. Uh, you know, the, he had a problem. It got worse. He's still not addressing it. He uh, it is really amazing what this president. Uh, and again, uh, going back to you, Dan, and you were one of the first to say it. He does not call them terrorists, and he does not call right. Muslims terrorists. Uh, and mm -hmm. he, everybody is starting to get on that point. And you were one of the first to really bring it mm -hmm. out to me and to other people. Right. And hey, it, Jim. It, it's yes. Yes. We need a break. We need, we need to take a, a sixty-second break. When we come back, we're going to keep chatting. We're going to let Don kick off our second segment. Twenty-four minutes after the hour, here's your Christopher Markowski Money Minute of the Day. This is Chris Markowski, your watchdog on Wall Street, and this is your watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. The energy sector getting hammered, uh, and, and the funny thing is, a lot of a lot of investors. This is obviously a widely held sector. Uh, most certainly after the Federal Reserve has artificially kept interest rates down because it's always been viewed as a safe place to go out there and actually get dividends. And obviously not seeing much in regards to cash anywhere else. So there's been a lot of money piled into the sector. The entire oil uh, sector, energy sector, has been getting crunked from just pipeline companies to the 
the old school Exxon, Chevrons on through. Well, what, what's happening right now is that OPEC decided not to change its production. And for all intents and purposes, what they're doing right now is putting out of business all the smaller players, prospectors here in the United States. Uh, they're kind of hoping to put them out, and then they're going to eventually see oil rise. This could take some time. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We've got Donald Mazzella, Dan Perkins with us today. It is hour number three, iHeartRadio. Also, our third hour of our Tuesday edition of the big broadcast. Now, Don, uh, what do you want to kick off with, with, with this segment, my friend? You go ahead and start us out. Uh, Dan wants me to kick it back to him because he wants to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Go, Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but this is something that, that Don can join in. I, I, it's... it's Hopefully it will be short. Um, I don't know whether, Jim and, and, and Don, if you watched the actual coverage on the networks of the shootings last week. Well, I did I, I did see a little bit. I, I thought it was a little strange that they said there was three of them and then there was two of them. I'm not sure where the third one went. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't hear that part. What I, what I wanted, and I really want Don to comment on this, what I saw was people in the news media. I actually saw reporters on the ground who reported that they believed they knew the name of the shooters, but because it had perhaps a Middle Eastern twitch to it, they were withholding the name. I watched Megan Kelly being shut up by her producers saying, you can't talk about that. We saw political correctness come under attack where the mainstream media and the tele and the cable media couldn't figure out what to say. They desperately wanted to have this something other than a terrorist attack. What do you think, Don? Well, you hit, you hit the uh, nail on the head again. Um, <laughs> it, it was a very interesting experience. Um, there's two things happening. One is uh, um, even the mainstream media is being uh, pounded on the head by the fact that that uh, they've been going with stuff that's proven wrong before. That's number one. Uh, and they've been talking about things w- without proper attribution and without proper um, knowledge. Uh, you know, I go back to President Kennedy's assassination. He wasn't dead until Merriman Smith said he was dead. There had to be some uh, spokesman, respected source saying it. And I think the same thing's happening here. Uh, The confusion, uh, and you hit the the nail on the head when you said it was political correctness. But I think in this case, they were a little afraid that uh, that it would turn out that uh, that the incident would not be a terrorist attack, but rather some other nut like uh, we, we had, uh, uh, you know, not San Bernardino, the, the other place. Oh, yeah, the, the Planned Parenthood guy. Planned Parenthood. Um, I think they were really worried about that, and they were getting uh, mixed uh, messages as well from the uh, police authorities who were, who were not, call, not calling them. Uh, I spoke to someone who was on the ground about, about that over the weekend, and the biggest problem was they were getting two different stories from uh, two different police sources, one of which proved wrong. Uh, and the one that proved right was the junior member of the team who said it was a terrorist attack. The problem really was one of the information they were getting was not as, as clear as it normally is because the San Bernardino police are not amongst the top organizations police organizations in this country. So, yes, they tried to bend over their backs, but I also think the main problem was they were getting conflicting stories. So you've got to watch it. In this case, um, not to defend the media as much as I, um, to say that they were simply, they didn't have the right facts to go on before they could say what they wanted to say. Should they have mentioned the names? Yes. Um, The other problem was there were two different um, uh, pronunciations of the name. One of them was uh, Eastern European, um, Islamic. The other was not. And, right. And that was that was the other problem, because because for the first 
three hours, there were two, they were giving two different pronunciations of the names, and that was a right. problem. I also, as, as, they, as, as things unfolded, and they began to, for example, they found the, the three-piece three pipe bomb in the room that was left behind by the terrorists. When they found the half a dozen, the dozen pipe bombs at the house and 4,000 rounds of ammunition in the car and on them, they, uh, they found themselves in another situation of how can we spin this to workplace violence with all of this firepower and... Uh, and, and that was, you could see that anguish on their face. I just thought it was fascinating to see the media who was trying to virtually manage the news and, um, and, and, and struggled with it on air, whether they were reporters on the ground, anchors in, in New York or wherever, they clearly struggled with it. But they, I want to... They, they didn't have... Pardon? Enough information. They didn't have enough information, and the they wanted badly to make it into a story dealing uh, with gun control. Don't forget, uh, their the primary thing in national media today is gun control. Gun control. How, how can these terrorists, uh, or how can anybody get guns in this society? And uh, and when when they finally turn out to be terrorists rather than. Uh, 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 somebody who, uh, some kook, or somebody who went into a store and, and bought the, the guns. Don't forget, they still haven't found out where they got all of the am ammunition and guns. That's the part that, uh, leastwise the material I'm reading, they still haven't figured out how they assembled that, uh, uh, that uh, 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 the equipment that they have. And they're still the trying to track that down. I can't, I can't speak to the ammunition. I did see a story today where purportedly a neighbor had admitted that they bought the gun, bought the two rifles. But let me, let me roll forward to our lovely president's speech last uh, two nights ago. Yes, yes. What he did, and I'm only, I'm only just going to go there just, just to pick up a point. Did you notice that the president now declared that Fort Hood was no longer workplace violence. Yes, I noticed. Uh, I noticed that immediately. He uh, he called that a, a terrorist attack. He called uh, there was another one that he called a terrorist attack, which has been previously uh, known as a workplace violence. Right. And so he, but but the but the mainstream media walked right by it. They didn't. They didn't yes. cover it. Yes. They just didn't, didn't say anything about it. And yet, uh, he, he talked about it, and uh, I thought that was one of the most uh, interesting things about his particular speech. So, um, I, I think that all of, the, all of that news, all of that, and it was interesting to watch cable versus mainstream television. At 11 o'clock, at least in New York, where I am, at 11 o'clock, the, the networks went to local news, and at 11.35, they went to Jimmy Kimmel and everybody else, and they just walked away from the story. Cable continued developing the story on both CNN and, and, and Fox News. But it was interesting that the mainstream media walked away from it. I think that, that what happened is that the... The incident where 14 people were killed and 21 were injured did, in fact, scare America. And I think that the president, the, the rationale for the president's speech was that his advisors were telling him, we're, we're, we're behind the eight ball here. Uh, we're, we're taking a lot of hit, and it's not going our way. I want to I point out one other point. I did a piece last week, and it's really, it's funny because I did a piece, I wrote it tonight, I was writing it about 11 o'clock a week ago Monday, right during the news, and I titled the piece, If It Walks Like a Duck and Quacks, Quacks Like a Duck, It Must Be a Terrorist. <laughs> and, I can't, and I sent it to my publicist, and he sent it off, and I got a ton of interviews off of it. 
But I kept, everywhere I was looking, I kept seeing this quack like a duck and walk like a duck. I said, that's my line, my setup. But what I, what I want to point out is in that article, two things that's in that, op, in that commentary piece. One, the difference between the Republican response and the Democratic response. Hillary Clinton, and you can go, you can, you can go and find it on her Twitter account, she tweeted after the murders had taken place, her first tweet was, we have to do something about the violence, we have to do something about guns. She yes. Has no word to say about the, the families who lost people or families who had the 17 or 21 people at the time who were injured. Not a word. Bernie Sanders, nothing. All of the Republican candidates said that their their thoughts and prayers with, with the, the victims and this terrible devastation. So here you saw in in Twitter form going out to millions upon millions of Americans where the Democrats stood on this and where the Republicans. And I think the Democrats made a terrible mistake by bringing this to a gun issue when, in fact, the president had to stand up on Sunday and say it was a terrorist attack. Well, it's their only, it's their only hope to, to obscure the issue. Uh, they keep talking about gun control, gun control, gun control, but that's not the issue here. Terrorists will get guns whether we have gun control or not. Uh, the Daily News trumpets the fact that uh, the Supreme Court yesterday said that you can have local or ordinances against uh, semi-automatic guns. That was their front-page story. But the and the Democrats uh, really. Do not want to engage on this terrorist issue because they they are very much behind the eight ball on it. And the president's speech, is, as you point out, is a, a great example of that. And what you said about Hillary, about Sanders, etc., is absolutely correct. And uh, there was a little piece that said that Hillary Clinton beats all Republican candidates uh, in any in uh, straw polls. But I, I can't believe that, given that Americans do not trust her. When she gets on that stage in the debates, uh, whether it's with Donald Trump or somebody else, that's an issue that's going to uh, really hurt them, the issue of gun control. Is that really the issue, or is it terrorists? And why do you talk about gun control and not terrorists? Uh, yeah. she's, giving, she's giving the Republican uh, candidate, whoever he or she is, uh, a lot of ammunition to go out after her. And Donald Trump is showing how you beat the national media by simply arguing with them and pointing out when they are wrong. And uh, Dan, I, I think you've done a great job over the last two years of pointing uh, pointing this out, the two years that I've been on the show with you. And I uh, point out that... Um, the, the national media has got to change, but it's going to take time, and uh, it's going to take uh, more efforts on part of the Republicans to change, and the Democratic Party is, right now, is a party with its head in the sand, because your, your front-runner is somebody that people don't trust. I keep coming back to that, because we ask, we don't trust the president. Uh, that speech, uh, I... I uh, I, I contrast that speech yesterday with uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's speech on radio, where he said, I give you my word, the banks are sound. And everybody believed them, and we avoided the banking crisis in 1934. Mm -hmm. uh, here we have a, the president did not give any assurances. It said we will eventually win. He didn't say that we would definitely win. I mean, if you listen to this, to me, the, the speech, uh, in my view, and as someone else pointed out in, in, uh, uh, today, uh, all it did was tell the American people, you've got to, you, you can't go back to your bad old ways. And we didn't have bad old ways. We welcomed everybody. We're just worried that the people coming in today are not the people who want to build this country, but rather tear it down. And, uh, right. and that's a big difference. 
I mean, they want to tear it down. Right. Um, uh, do we need a break, Jim? Yes, we're going to do this. We're going to play our Christopher Markowski Money Minute. When we come back, we'll keep talking. 40 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us today here on iHeartRadio. This is your watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. $1.2 trillion. That is, um, and rising, I should say. Uh, that is student loans outstanding here in the United States. Uh, with that $1.2 trillion, we also have a rising number as well. Delinquencies. The question, and they asked this question today in the Wall Street Journal, is should everybody have access to a student loan? I've said this for a long period of time. I think it's patently absurd. I think student loans should be handed out based upon, well, whether or not someone's going to pay it back. What are they studying in college? Are they taking out a uh, $50,000 a year loan to study basic basket weaving or 14th century Russian literature? How are they going to make that money back? It is an issue. Once again, $1.2 trillion. Something to consider. Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back to our big broadcast here on iHeartRadio and also on our uh, daily program, hour number three of our program today. And uh, we're progressing along here with uh, Donald Mazzella, Dan Perkins, and... uh, Gentlemen, it it seems like that uh, one story that has kind of fallen through the cracks through this whole thing, and it it, it kind of I think is a sizable sizable story is this uh, Vladimir Putin situation. Putin seems to be doing all sorts of things that uh, President Obama will not do, bombing ISIS. And just last week, he went in and he basically decided that there there's a couple of niche groups that are, that are paid for by uh, George Soros that have links to Black Lives Matter and some of these other uh, groups that are sort of, uh, in Putin's words, destabilizing uh, the United States. He basically rounded up all these people, kicked them out of the country, and said, we're fine here in Russia get out um (laughs) what do you guys think of that situation with vladimir putin basically saying okay i'm not having black lives matter show up here and cause problems i'm not having any issues uh russia's fine get out it's interesting that you bring up putin because if you think about what has happened he had an airliner shot out of the air or bombed out of the air yeah 220 some russians lost their lives he had a fighter shot down over Turkey. And if you think about as, as aggressive of a person that he has been historically, his response has been extremely muted. He said to Turkey that he's going to impose economic sanctions on Turkey for what they've done. I, I'm, I am amazed at, at what he's doing um, in uh, Syria. And um, I, I just fi- I just finished a piece last night where, because of the OPEC meeting in uh, in Vienna last week, where they left oil capacity unchanged and the oil markets collapsed and the mar- U.S. equity markets collapsed, uh, what happened is I believe that the Saudi Sunnis uh, in Saudi Arabia have declared war on Russia. And Iran, and um, they're going to do everything they can to limit um, the oil production that can come out of uh, out of Russia and Iran as it comes back on stream. And Putin seems to be while well, he he's hitting more targets than we ever hit with our air force. Uh, he's also hitting insurgent targets as opposed to ISIL targets. But I, I for some reason. I don't know what it is yet. Um, he's turned into more of a a uh, pussycat than what he was before. <laughs> well, on the contrary, I think he's uh, uh, what he's done to Turkey uh, is setting himself up um, to uh, to say, "You mess with me, you're, you're going to have to pay the consequences." Uh, I was going to say just the opposite, Dan. That I, I thought that uh, uh, he's doing it very selectively. He, he did it with the Turkish uh, uh, vacationers. He's doing it with other other uh, uh, programs. He's threatening to cut off the, the tap for some of the oil. 
Uh, he's delaying the, the pipeline. I think he's um, doing a very calculated program. I agree with you that he's been surprisingly docile in some areas, but, but and I think um, you're absolutely right about Saudi Arabia. I think the, the Saudis are going to uh, really go out after the Russians and the uh, Iranians. But, but in the end, you're going to have a very interesting... Um, uh, uh, next uh, year, while the, our our president, they're all uh, you know what they're saying. The cats will play. The mice will play when the cat's away. And I yes. think the big cat, uh, the United States, is away. So all the little cats are going to fight it out till we get a strong person in the White House to say who say that you know the time you know fun's over. Now now let's return to. Uh, the order of things, because the United States uh, uh, is simply uh, not playing in the Middle East. And uh, did you read that piece that uh, ISIS is saying they want Americans to come and fight them uh, because they will destroy them on the ground? And uh, unfortunately, I think this president believes them, but but the military people I've, I talk to tell me that uh, just the opposite. If we ever put the boots on the ground, and did it the way we do everything else, we will utterly destroy the ISIS, but we will take about 20,000 casualties to do it. Yeah, but the, 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 that may be true, but, the, but the, the problem that you have, because we have a president who has not been engaged for seven years, we now have a, 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 a situation where ISIS, ISIL is no longer isolated in Iran, Iraq, Syria. They're now global. They're yeah. in Europe, they're in Southeast Asia, they're in Africa, and so the inability for America to interpose uh, some discipline to them has created an organization that, that no longer really needs the base in uh, the, the, the caliphate in, in, in the Middle East in order to survive and function. And so we could put 20,000 troops on the ground in Iraq to fight ISIL and in Syria, but what are we going to put on the ground in Europe when, as Europe becomes more and more radical Muslim? Um, we, we can't well, the put French election, the French election tells you something that the, the Europeans are, are, are hearing you. Oh yeah, the radical, the radical conservative right won big, and yeah. and uh, in addition to that. Uh, the radical, the, the 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 conservative right also won major gains in the Venezuela election this week, where there's a country in in desperate shape. The the oil minister from Venezuela was pleading with OPEC last week to cut production because they're 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 down to spending the last of their gold. They 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 can literally go bankrupt and be out of out of business and it'd be chaos in the streets. I, I just think it's huh? it's really a uh, Yes, I, I I I definitely agree with all that. Now, um, now Don, um, this this whole thing with uh, with OPEC and, and and all the various things, where where do you see this heading uh, as as we get into Christmas? Uh, well, I, I just got my oil delivered for, uh, today uh, for the first time. It was interesting. It was down, but it wasn't down as much. Uh, you know, Brent crude, the lowest uh, since February of uh, 2009 um, uh, price, the Brent crude, which is a trademark. And Dan is really b better at this. I, uh, I see uh, for the American public uh, for the next the six months or so, we're going to see um, uh, lower prices. We're going to see a lot of uh, countries that depend on oil uh, pulling in their horns, you already see that in various uh, ways in Saudi Arabia, in the, the Emirates, in, in various places. I, uh, uh, but the real problem is going to come up when all these little producers um, start to run out of money and start to start to fit, uh, start to figure out what, what they're going to do with these low low uh, low uh, pr prices for oil. Uh, I, I'm frankly, it's nice now, but I'm frankly worried. Uh, the economies have adjusted to above forty dollars, sixty. 
they want ideally 60 to 80 dollars oil, which I don't think will be in the next two years. All of this means that we're in for a very unsettled time, and I think uh, right around the election time, the presidential election time, we're going to see a, some very interesting events happening, which are not going to be all good for the United States. And I turn it over to Dan, because I know he studies this more than I do. Yeah. Um, Citibank last week came out with a forecast for the U.S. economy for 2016 saying there's a 65% chance that it'll be in recession next year. Um, the oil prices, um, if, if we see that oil stays around $40 a barrel, the, the numbers are devastating. For example, Iran, it cost Iran $131 to bring oil out of the ground. They need $131 a barrel to help fund their economy. Um, Saudi Arabia has one of the lowest costs in the, in the Middle East. It's at 93, and Russia is at 113. Now, the practical reality is, let's just say that Russia is at a, 113, and they get $40 a barrel. They are losing the difference between 40 and 113 or $73 a barrel for every barrel that's pumped out of the ground. If we have an extended period of time where crude oil prices are in the $40 range, OPEC will go away because there will be no cartel because they will have no money. Because if, they, if they're going to have to... Uh, get involved in making decisions that they haven't had to make in 40 years. And that is, are they going, to, how are they going to feed their people? Saudi Arabia's gross domestic product will be down 17% this year because of the decline in oil prices. Oil is 68% of the Russian economy. It's, it's losing money on every barrel. These countries have sovereign funds, and they have reserves. But every day they're spending those reserves, they're going to run out of money. And there's going to be chaos in the global oil markets because OPEC will disintegrate and go away, and it'll be a, a free-for-all. I agree with Don. I think there are going to be some very, very difficult things that are going to happen in the next 12 to 15 months. And... While it's nice to have the price of oil um, through our gasoline that could get down to maybe to a buck and a half, the implications to our economy. Uh, energy represents now only 7% of our GDP, uh, but it used to be 15 to 18%. So it's, it's adversely going to affect people's wealth, the employment, and it's going to adversely affect the economy. We're going to go into a situation in the in the primaries in the spring with an economy slowing down. And with that economy slowing down, I don't think it works well for the Democrats. No, no. All of this points to a down year for the Democratic Party, not only in, uh, at the national level, but also at the local level as well. Because uh, Connecticut has a state budget it's a hundred, um, depending on which figures, uh, two hundred million dollars in the red. And, yeah. But the the nonpartisan groups said an interesting thing that that their tax revenue is not coming in at the level that they expected, and that's happening at, uh, at at least thirteen states that I know of that the levels of tax coming in, and they're all red uh, red states. They're all states that uh, have. Uh, leading, you know, Democrats leading. Uh, and it's interesting, uh, in New Jersey for the first time, we actually, our tax revenue actually uh, is above budget for the first time in, in five years, which uh, uh, Governor Christie is trumpeting. Uh, but, but there are other states that have problems uh, in, in matching their budget. And if things are get as bad as... as uh, Dan and I think they will. 
uh, it's going to make for some interesting times come next spring when the budgets start to uh, really uh, look in on the state level, let alone the national level. Well, those are... Uh, we we need to we need to wrap up, gentlemen. Uh, Don, okay. uh, give give me your thoughts on uh, where where you see things going this week, and then how how do we get a hold of you, my friend? Well, uh, com, The book the book is selling very well. Uh, American Family Sampler uh, uh, the website two uh, SB Digest. That's um, the Twitter account is uh, hashtag two SB Digest. Or the the website 2sbdigest.com. Really uh, like like to thank people. Uh, you know, I was sick and I was amazed at the number of emails I got from uh, from from people from your audience who took the time to say uh, good wishes. Thank you. Well, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, Dan, uh, next week you're you're not going to be with us, right? You're going to be on a plane, I'm, I'm correct? Be- I'm going to be in Germany. Okay. Well, and, uh, next week. Yes. Well, next week to fill in for uh, for Dan, we're going to be having a uh, radio talk show host Chuck Morris. He'll be uh, taking Dan's spot for a week and talking with uh, Mr. Mazzella. But Dan, uh, well, what's your latest piece at the Hill, and how do we get a hold of you, my friend? Latest piece at the Hill is the aftermath of the uh, uh, the OPEC crisis. The 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 pre-meeting is already on the on the hill.com and they sent me a note today that they're getting ready to load the the commentary after the meeting so that'll be on in the next couple of days book website is uh, danperkins.guru and the foundation is songs and stories for soldiers.us and if you're looking for somebody to give a special christmas present to uh give the gift of sleep to a soldier by making a donation to songs and stories for soldiers Awesome stuff. Well, uh, gentlemen, we will. Uh, Dan will talk to you in a couple weeks. Don will talk to you next week. And uh, as soon as I hear from IQ and I find out what time on the seventeenth, I will let you guys know via email. Thank you much, gentlemen. We will talk to you soon. Dan Perkins from thehill.com and Don Mazella, and uh, that is that. And next week we will talk to Chuck Morris. He will be. Uh, filling in for Dan Perkins. Tomorrow, we'll talk to our good friend Mark Davis, the author of Obamacare, Dead on Arrival. He will be with us with uh, IQ Al-Rizzoli, and uh, that is tomorrow. Our app. Yes, we have an app now. I will have details on that very soon. It will tick off half the planet. Uh, We will do that later. Tomorrow, we've got more here on the program. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.